Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Baran, a ministry of Worship Generation Church in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. against all these things and I'm putting an end to it right now this is the mark of my reign this is who I am as the king of Judah in the line of David the line that Jesus Christ is going to come through this is who I am in the year of our Lord BC 725 BC this is who I am and this silly bronze serpent we've been worshiping for 600 years you people That serpent we looked upon our forefathers 600 years ago to be healed from the sin. It's a type of Christ. And you guys worship it like a relic. I'm going to destroy it because it's idolatry. Because you trust in the serpent that you look at rather than the God who wanted you to look at him. And Jesus would say years later, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, this bronze serpent, so too the Son of Man must be lifted up. That serpent's a type of Christ. We don't worship a relic Christ. Or an idol Christ. We worship the living God by faith. Through the eyes of faith. It's like when Hezekiah destroyed the serpent. He was purifying the worship of Jesus Christ. In his generation. We won't have any of this. The serpent represented Christ. And you're worshiping the serpent. Not the Messiah that's promised to us in the line of David. We need to know. What we're against. If we're going to be all in with the Lord. If we're going to be great for the Lord for all eternity. Not, not what the people outside these doors think of us. That's, that's for another day. What they think at your memorial. That's for another day. What matters is when we stand before the Lord. What he thinks of us. When the Holy Spirit summarizes our life before the throne of God. Will he say he was like his father. He did right like his, he did right like his father David. And he did in all the things like his father David. Man. That's what we want to hear when we stand before the throne. And people we love have been in this church for 17 and a half years, and many of them have already gone on to stand before the throne. We have to see eternity. And I look at this text and I think, man, I got only so much time to be identified in a good way with what I stand for, which indicates what I also stand against. And if the world hates me for it, then so be it. This is not my home. My home is in the glory of the kingdom. And everything's a test here to make us ready for there. That's why we're told the fear of man is a snare, but the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, he trusted the Lord is the second point. It says in verse 5, he trusted in the Lord. Now, we, we hear this verse. It's pretty, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your understanding. Trust in the Lord. You know, like... Uh, He'll keep the imperfect peace of his mind to stay upon thee because he trusts in the Lord. That's what Hezekiah said at the same time this was going on for uh, Habakkuk. Or excuse me, that's what Isaiah said the same time this was going on for Hezekiah. He said that, that famous verse from Isaiah. He'll keep the imperfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee because they trust in the Lord. So we're told Hezekiah trusted in the Lord. Okay, so let's think about this trust in the Lord. We know that the Lord Jesus Christ in fulfilling his earthly ministry always did those things that pleased the Father, and he trusted in the Father in all that he did, even on the cross. 
There's prophetic verses about that in the Old Testament. So when we say that we're trusting in the Lord, because Hezekiah trusts in the Lord, he removed these things, and he tr- it's a summary. He trusts in the Lord, and it says he held fast to the Lord. So he was dependent upon the Lord. And so when we say, look at our lives, the church of Jesus Christ, how, like, what, what, was he, what does it mean he trusts in the Lord, though? Well, we tend to think he trusted in the person and the character of God. So he trusted that God's, God's good. So whatever happens in my life, God's good. Sort of like Job when he lost everything. He's like, no, the Lord's good. He's given, he's taken, the Lord's good. God is good. He trusted in the character of the Lord that God was good. The person of the Lord is character, that God is good. That God is light and him is no moral darkness at all. He certainly trusted in God's word. It says here that he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord had commanded Moses. He obeyed the word of God, the law of God. He obeyed it. He read it. He obeyed it. The Ten Commandments and the subdivisions of the Ten Commandments, obvious what's right, what's wrong, the common sense of right and wrong, like from the book of Proverbs. He read this stuff. He read it. He believed it. It shaped his thinking, his worldview, his actions, his, his responses, and he believed it. He, when, he, when he read the law of God, Exodus, Deuteronomy, when he read, you shall rise up and speak of the Lord to your children, and he read these things, and you'll talk about me in the day when you got in the field, when he read these things, when he read how we're to act in moral law with the Lord, how we're to act in moral law with our neighbors, how we're to act in religious law with how God's approach, how he's not approached. You don't read about him trying to go in the temple and make himself to be something special like Uzziah did that we saw last week. You don't read about that. The word of God, this is very important because we want to trust in the Lord. I want to trust in the Lord. You want to trust in the Lord. Like we have faith that, you know, we're saved by faith. We walk by faith. We live by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence not yet seen. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith and trust are very similar, but, but trusting is really like God's got this. So I was thinking about trusting and to give us an idea what trusting feels like for us. Well, for one in the ministry, I know this. When I was on staff at Calvary Costa Mesa years ago with the late great Pastor Chuck Smith, a lot of people trusted Pastor Chuck. I mean, if you can't trust Pastor Chuck, who are you going to trust? Again, 9-11, all those thousands of people came to church, and when Chuck got up and said, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. Before Y2K and Chuck got up and said, the electricity's not even going to flicker, hey, that put a lot of people at ease, because remember how scared we were in December of 99, the whole world could end with Y2K when the computer, see what they're going to do. People, when they had a difficult time, in times when the, when the war began, when 9-11, all that happened, there was such a power surge of people coming to the church at Calvary Costa Mesa because they trusted Pastor Chuck. Even in the times of simplicity and consistency, people trusted Pastor Chuck to teach the Bible verse by verse on Sunday night. They trusted him to give a message on Sunday that was true and they could apply it to their life and they trusted him that way. I know this because I watched thousands and thousands of people come and go week after week after week, month after month after month, year after year, and I would pray with them after service up front and I could reaffirm what they heard to trust in that. They trusted Pastor Chuck to make it about the Lord Jesus Christ, not himself. So there was a minister they trust. People trusted Billy Graham. Every president, when he began his ministry from the time he upset Truman by praying in the front yard of the, the, the White House lawn, 
Every president trusted Billy Graham. Every president wanted Billy Graham in the room when they're declaring war or doing this or doing that. Democrat, Republican, Catholic, Protestant, whatever. They all wanted Billy Graham there because they trusted Billy Graham. Billy Graham was so trusted by America that many people thought he could have run for president and easily won the election, Republican or Democrat. I'm flying in a few weeks. When I finish Second Kings, I'm going to visit the grandkids in Florida. I'm going to get on a plane at 1130 at night at LAX, and I'm trusting someone I don't even know to fly that plane at 33,000 feet to get me from LAX to Atlanta, and I'm trusting another pilot to get me on that puddle jumper to Melbourne, Florida, and I'm trusting him. I don't know her name, his name. I don't know if, they're, if they were educated as, as equally, are all pilots it's equally educated? I don't know. But I'm trusting them that they're going to do what they do, and I can trust them in it, and I'm trusting the Lord's over them. And if it's my time, it's my time. If it's not my, it's not. I don't worry. I, I never worry about who the pilot is. Hey, how's it going, you know, when I walk on? I trust the pilot. When you have a really bad toothache and you're excruciating pain, because you generally don't go to the dentist until you are, well, most some people, you should other than that. But, you know, when you have a screaming toothache, hey, it doesn't, like, you're going to trust whoever's doing your tooth. You're like, just relieve the pain. When I had COVID and I was in an emergency room at Kaiser back in August, the nurse came in. I, I, I trusted her to do this, the IV. I trusted when she's putting the fluids in the IV. What, I trusted her. She could have been poisoning me. Could have been the end of Joy Brand. Could have been a great conspiracy to kill Joy Brand, you know? But I trusted this woman I've never met before that what she's putting in me is going to make me better. I trusted her. I trust Dr. Chen, my doctor, for years. I, I do. I, tr- I truly trust him. When we go out to eat at a restaurant, I got food at uh, Las Barcas this week and Faux Noodle, okay? I went two different places. We got stuff for my wife. I got soup and stuff. I don't know who's making the food, but I trusted them that I'm not going to get food poisoning. And by the way, if you work in the restaurant business just once, you'll realize that's a pretty big trust. Because when I worked at the Sheraton, we had a convention where everyone got sick. And I learned how they handle food, you know, food handling and all that. (laughs) But when I picked up Jennifer's soup from Las Barcas, her tortilla soup and her faux noodle the next night, I trusted these people behind there that made the food that was not going to poison us and kill us. How much more should we trust the Lord? See, we demonstrate so much trust that people are going to honor the red lights at a, you know, an intersection of four streets. We trust all these things as we go about our day. We trust this. We trust that. I, I trust law enforcement. I trust these things. All things where fallen men and women are maybe doing their best or not their best to fulfill what they're, they're doing with their life. And it affects my life. How much more should we trust in the Lord? But it's easier to trust in men and women who we see and maybe we believe their credibility or their credentials or their resume. But no one has a better resume than the Lord, obviously. He says all the time, put me to the test. I'll show you that I'm the Lord. I tell you the future before it happens. I do this, I do that. And we can trust in the Lord. So Hezekiah trusted in the Lord. It was, he became king at 25. So between the time he graduated high school, if you will, at 17 or 18, and went through his collegiate years, watching his dad destroy everything and undo all the good stuff his grandfather Jotham had done, there's no, there's, there's no explanation for it. His dad was the worst, and he chose to be the best. He chose to be the best after his dad was the worst. In the hardest of times, he was all in. 
He, remo- he was identified by the Lord, removed because of what he believed, and then he trusted in the Lord, and he showed his belief by how he trusted in the Lord. And when Sennacherib and the Assyrians came against him and laid siege to Jerusalem, he took their threats, he took their threats, and he laid it out before the Lord. Like when someone writes you a very mean letter, or an angry letter, when you're in ministry, you get them fairly often. <laughs> one time at Big Calvary, the one time Chuck had me fill in for him. And it's never a good thing that you only fill in once, but it's beyond the point. So he had me fill in for him once, one time on a Sunday night. And I said something about the Vietnam War that really upset a lot of people. I just kind of said, like, you know, I mean, it was, the night was a total disaster. But anyways, the hate mail came in, and they gave it to Chuck. And I'll never forget what he said. Pastor Chuck called me in his office. He said, hey, Joe and all. And, you know, because you never get called in to say good morning. Like, you get called in his office because something happened. So he hands me what he got. And he said, uh, these are yours and all. I, I have my own. <laughs> That's what he said. These are yours. I have mine. <laughs> like, he's like, whatever you want to do with it, it's your business. That's between you and the congregation when they listen to you. These are yours. I have mine. And I used to see these things come in. You'd see them come in on the fax machine. All this crazy stuff against Pastor Chucky walked by. Like, oh, my goodness. Stuff comes in every day. Hezekiah trusts in the Lord, like Pastor Chuck, but more so or equal. Who knows? But I'm sure Chuck did what I learned to do because the famous 29-page letter someone wrote me one time where they critiqued everything about this church, this building, the congregation, how I, I wore my hair, the clothes I wore, everything, 29 pages. Uh, tw- you know, my, my wife says, who writes a 29-page letter? I said, someone who's really upset. <laughs> 29 pages. I wish I would have kept it, but I, I, I laid it out before the Lord. And, you know, page 28 had some good stuff. And we've applied it to the church ever since. Page 28 had some good stuff. So it's a good thing I didn't quit after page 27, right? <laughs> page 28 had good stuff. The rest was like, you know, I can't do much with my hair. You know, as you can tell, for three years, we're still trying to figure this out. Um, but when I've received things like that in ministry, or criticism and stuff like that, I have laid it before the Lord. And you you trust in the Lord. So Hezekiah laid it before the Lord. He took the threats against him and he laid it before the Lord. With Isaiah a part of it all. And God gave him a word through Isaiah that God would deliver him. And I go back to when when he had to make really bad choices. The best choice that he had when Sennacherib was besieging was to strip the temple of all of its gold and everything and give it to him and try and appease him. He did that. But unlike his predecessors who did the same thing, the gold is not, there's nothing special about the gold. The heart is what's special. A heart that's all in with the Lord is worth way more than the gold of the temple. And even Jesus himself said this in Matthew 23. He says, what's more important, the gold on the altar or the altar what it represents? Like, it's not about the exterior, it's about the interior. So when Hezekiah decided to strip the gold and give it to the king of Assyria, it's a lot different than the king of Samaria giving his gold. Because the king of Samaria is giving his gold with unbelief and no faith in the Lord. Hezekiah is doing the best he can, all in with the Lord, the best decision of all the bad choices that he can make on behalf of the people of the Lord for the Lord. And I said this on Tuesday night, when you face a day where your best decision is a really bad one, when you have four options and the best decision is a really bad one, may your heart be all in trusting the Lord on that day. 
on that day when your best decision is a really bad choice of all the, it's the least bad of all the bad choices. On that day when you have to make that decision, because those days exist, may you be found trusting the Lord, all in with the Lord like Hezekiah. That's what it means to trust in the Lord. We trust in all these other things. He's got it. When we say, you know, the Lord's got this. The Lord's got this. There's a plan and the Lord's got this. That's trust in the Lord. And finally, the third thing we see is it says in verse 7 that the Lord was with him and he prospered wherever he went. I like this. This is happy. I want to prosper. Given a choice, I prefer to prosper as opposed to flounder. You know, like given a choice, if you say, hey, Joey, what, what would you like to be? Would you want to be fruitful and prosper in your life in your 60s? Or do you want to like fail and flounder? I'll be like, well, of course, I want to be fruitful and prosper. Don't we all? We want to prosper with the Lord. For us in our English language, when we say prosper, we think more of wealth, like physical wealth, like, oh, he's prosperous. He owns multiple houses or he's got money in the bank or lots of stock market. That's lots of stock and good stock, you know, in the stock market, stuff like that. But really, all the wealth in the world, if you're sick and have a, a painful illness, like how much can you enjoy all your houses in Newport if you have like a super painful illness that doesn't allow you to enjoy it? That wealth is meaningless. And if, you, if your doctors don't relieve you of pain, what good is your temporal wealth with all these material things when you can't enjoy it because you can't eat food because you've got severe Crohn's or something? You know, like, it, prosperity is, is a very broad concept. Health, yes. Comforts, yes. Healthy relationships. What, what good is prospering? you got all the money in the world if, if your ex-wife hates you and your kids don't talk to you. You know, like, what, what good is that? Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, Prospering, we have to get past some initial thoughts about prospering, what that really looks like. The Lord was with him, and he prospered wherever he went. Now, we're told in Psalm 1, when David wrote Psalm 1, he talked about, Blessed is the man who delights himself in the law of the Lord, and in it he meditates day and night. It says that he prospers in whatever he does. So here we're told that Hezekiah prospered wherever he went, The promise is made, whoever meditates on the word of God prospers in whatever they do. Then we look at, for example, the life of Joseph in the Old Testament when he was in Egypt. It said that the Lord was with him and he prospered in in all that he did. He prospered in all that he did. So let's think about this because we're all in with the Lord. We're identified by what we remove, what 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 we won't tolerate. Because of what we stand for in the light, we have to stand against the darkness. And we, do, we are identified by what we remove and what we won't tolerate. Then here Hezekiah is identified by his trust in the Lord. And we've covered that. But here he prospered in whatever he, he went, wherever he went. So let's think about the, the prosperity now as it would apply to Hezekiah. Well, there's no prosperity like peace with God, right? I mean, peace with God is everything. Jesus said, my peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives. The Holy Spirit through Paul says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He'll keep the imperfect peace whose mind, her mind is stayed upon the Lord because they trust in thee. Of all the things that you can prosper with is peace in your very being of who you are. Peace with God. That's what faith in Jesus Christ brings us above all else. Peace with God. That we can have peace in the eye of the storm no matter what's going on for the rest of our life. He gives us a peace that surpasses understanding and it guards our hearts and minds. Be anxious for nothing, but cast all your cares upon him and let the peace of God rule in your heart. He gives us peace. So when we think about prospering, God gives us peace in the human experience. We think about being 
triune in our nature, that we are spirit, mind, and body. So if we're prospering, our spiritual woman, our spiritual man, we're being built up in our faith. We're at peace with God. Our our spirit, we have a, a peace in our spirit with the Holy Spirit. We're not grieving the spirit or quenching the spirit. We're one with the Holy Spirit, and we're responding to the spirit. So our spiritual woman, our spiritual man that transcends time, space, and matter, we're good with the Lord. So we have peace with the Lord in our general personhood. Then we have our spirits good with the Lord when we're walk, walking in the spirit. And our, 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 our spiritual woman, our spiritual man, spirit, mind, and body, our mind, our conscience, our thoughts are good. They're good thoughts, thinking good thoughts to the Lord. Our mind is set upon godly things. He, his, the word of God governed Hezekiah's mind. And you fill your mind with the scriptures. And the scriptures shape your thinking that you can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It shapes our worldview. It lets us know right, wrong, true, false, yes, no, stand, stand against. That's the scriptures, that we can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And our mind is, is being renewed daily by the washing of water, by his word, we're told. And so we take in knowledge, we take in understanding in all this human experience with our skills and our trades and what we do to provide for our families and how God has us his purpose in our life. We grow in the knowledge of those things we do and become more, become more skillful at the trades and the things we're called to do. And we have Christ over it. We do all things as unto the Lord. We do all things in pursuit of excellence. We do all things uh, to, to his glory and, and, and better and better because it's always forward, onward, and upward with the Lord. It's never retraction. It's always expansion. And we're, be, we're believing to become that person we're meant to be as we're doing those things. So our mind is set on the right things. And, and so it's spirit, mind, and body. And then our body is a temple of God. So, you know, it belongs to the Lord. So we take care of our body. How, you know, we, we watched during COVID, people that were healthier were generally healthier. And people that were less healthy were generally less healthy. You only get one body. It's going to break down sooner or later. Might as well take really good care of it. I've learned in recent years to take really good care of my body physically. Spirit, mind, and body. So we prosper. We want our health. But it's not just physical health. It's mental health. It's spiritual health. It's our total being. Peace with God. That's what the Lord gives us. That's what Hezekiah had. He prospered. Senate cribs out there talking trash, threatening to to separate everyone from their wealth, their property, destroy everything. He's going to do it. And they were sackcloth and ashes, but they were not moved. They had peace with God. And they held the line. In fact, we're told in the latter part of chapter 18, when the threats were made, no one answered Sennacherib and his people because Hezekiah told them to hold their peace. And they held their peace because they had peace, because they had trust in the Lord, and they were prospering with the Lord. Now, we, we have our person, we have our, our, our relationships Hezekiah, you'd have healthy relationships. When, you, when you're prospering with the Lord, you have healthy relationships in your marriage, with your family, with your co-workers, with humanity. When you prosper with the Lord, you prosper with work. You're a good worker. You do a good job. God opens up doors, gives you the job, moves on from the job. You learn to live within your means. You learn to tithe. You learn to save. You, need, you learn to sow and grow. You learn all that. That's how you prosper. So Joseph and Abraham and Isaac and all the great saints of old did and do. And then ultimately, you prosper with your legacy. When we step into eternity, the proof of the value of our life is what our legacy looks like when we're gone to the people that loved us and the people who don't even know us. So imagine someone writing a book about your life after you step into eternity. What will that legacy be? Will they see the faith? You see, the real prosperity of your life is the legacy of your life when you step into eternity. Because that's when we know what the real value is. Is there anything worth reading about? 
And if you simply were a woman of faith and a man of faith, and you were all in with the Lord like Hezekiah, and you're identified by what you're willing to remove that's contrary to the Lord, you're identified that you trusted in the Lord with all your heart, and you're identified that he prospered what you did, then that's the life worth living, and that's the life that we're here to see tonight, right? Isn't that why we're here? Because we don't be like James, like people looking in the mirror and forgetting what we see when we walk away, but faith without works is dead. But faith with the power of the Holy Spirit and, and moved by the Holy Spirit produces the works of faith. And that's what we're about. Hezekiah has an amazing life. He truly was all in. He removed what had to be removed. He trusted, he had his trust in the right place. And God was with him and prospered him. So may we be encouraged to be all in, in Jesus' name. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Baran. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and our church YouTube channel. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. For more information about Pastor Joey personally, you can follow him on his Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube channel. Thanks for listening, and God bless.